I'm J-Mac. And I'm Jess. And this is the Loosely Coupled Podcast. All right, so this is uh, this is episode one, I guess. The other one's kind of the introduction. We could call it episode zero since we're programmers. Yep, my rise started zero. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so this is episode one. We're actually going to start getting into some of the practices today. But I guess, how's it been going since uh, what we do these? We kind of record these weekly for those that a little behind the scenes there. Yeah, I've uh, been pretty pretty busy this week on some side projects and messing around with uh, new stuff with Tailwind, just doing whatever takes my fancy, really. Version 1 coming out probably this week, huh, I think? Yeah, I've actually got a, a tool for visualizing your uh, your color schemes, and I recently added 1.0 support to it. I saw you tweet about that the other day. It looked like it got a lot of traction. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool, cool. How about you? Oh gosh, uh, I think last week I was I was kind of recouping from like the conferences the week before. Uh, you know, I think we talked about that a little bit when we were recording last time. But you know, I got to give you know these base code talks basically like multiple days in a row at different conferences, which was great and kind of led well into reviving these topics, like or refreshing these in my mind. Yeah, it's good you get to refresh yourself before we started recording these. For sure, I'm I'm hoping it helps. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, so let's um, let's jump into some of the practices. So this, this one, again, kind of starting off, first things first in programming, formatting. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, um, this is the one that I spend the least time on, and I really put it first just to kind of get it out of the way. But it's also one that I realize people are, like, super passionate about. Because I, I think this is because at the end of the day, I guess formatting or the style of the code is one of the few ways as programmers we think we can leave our own kind of personal touches on the code. And I think that's like completely misattributed. Like that's like completely not where you want to be putting your effort necessarily, but it's, it's kind of seems to be where we all start. And, and as such, we kind of have the most, um, inertia there if you will it is it is a topic where a lot of people will think you know oh i don't need to pay attention to this i've mastered formatting you know years and years ago but i think there are some uh, some useful tips here that you might not be aware of um stuff you might be stressing about that maybe you shouldn't be that's true yeah it, it actually goes both ways i was kind of thinking of it as in like the people that do spend a lot of time on formatting and they like make sure to format all of their assignment statements where like the equal sign perfectly lines up, you know, with all of them below. I was kind of thinking more that extreme, but, but you're saying too, like the extreme of people who just don't care about formatting, like the code is just wild west, like curly braces here and sometimes not here. And, you know, sometimes I'm going to use a semicolon and sometimes I won't. I mean, there's both extremes. There is, yeah, and I think um, I think things are getting better these days with a lot of the tools that are out there now, but I think it's still one of those things where you kind of want to just check yourself and make sure you're not falling into any traps. Yeah, for sure. So I think I think just to kind of level the playing field, you know, for me and and kind of obviously what I go on to recommend in base code is to basically adopt some kind of standard. And, and really the reason that 
A format is important is because something I kind of picked up a few years back from Kevlin Henney. Uh, he gave this great talk. It was um, seven ineffective habits of most uh, programmers, but he basically talks about this visual representation of code and how code can be kind of visually honest or visually dishonest. And he really emphasizes this, and what really sold it for me was realizing that when we're reading code like we're still reading in general, right? Like our brains are, are kind of exercising uh, in kind of this reading process, right? So because of that, there are cues just like in normal reading like that we look for. We look for like syntax and structure and indentation. This basic formatting kind of allows our brains to recognize it at an unconscious level. And because of that, it makes us like more efficient, right? And our, our brains want to be like really, really efficient. So that's what really sold it for me. And, and again, you kind of have to watch his video to kind of see him play through some code samples and kind of what this looks like. But that really sold it for me and, and kind of was the last step or last push that I needed to kind of let go of some of those personal touches I was still doing. Like even though I had adopted a coding standard, I was still kind of leaving my mark here or there with like a extra line break or maybe lining up, yeah, those assignment statements or just something that honestly, like in retrospect, it's such a waste of time. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's hard when when some of the standards don't go all the way and tell you everything to do. And if you're a bit of a perfectionist, you can still kind of go, oh, the, the coding standard I'm following is silent on this particular thing. So all of a sudden, you know, that's that's becomes a point where you're like, oh, what do I do here? Yeah, we're really technical, right? Because we're Obviously, we have that programmer mindset, so we're super technical. So, like, when there's a loophole in the standard, it's like, well, it doesn't say, so I can do, you know, whatever. And, and now there's, like, this freedom, and, and freedom becomes chaos. Yeah. So I definitely, I definitely understand, and I think those gray areas are where, even with a standard, you can still kind of get yourself into trouble. I mean, for me, I think when it doesn't have that, I, I've probably learned not to focus on it so much, but I think... I think that's probably experience, so that's easier kind of said than done. I think it depends on, on personality as well. There'll be people that it just doesn't matter to, and then there's those that are just, they just feel the need to have everything kind of perfect, and I definitely fall into this trap. When, this, when the standard doesn't say what to do, I just, yeah, I start to think, oh, how, how else can I find a new standard to adopt here so that I know what to do in this spot? And then I'll end up searching through, you know, through code bases of people I respect and see how do they handle this. And that's when I realize that, you know, in hindsight especially, that I'm wasting time and that I should just get on with it. The code is still going to be visually honest, whether or not I put that space in before or after the operator or not. Yeah, for the most part, I think that's true. I mean, you definitely want to have the standard as a baseline. But if you find yourself like really struggling beyond that, I think, yeah, you're going to realize one of two things. Like one, consistency is what matters most. So yep. if you are going to kind of fill in the blanks in these gray areas, just make sure you're being consistent with it. And then second, you kind of already said this, and I totally agree. It's just not where you should be spending your time. Like if you're spending an hour trying to determine whether you want to put a space after the not operator or not, like it's just... That's not how you're providing value, whether it's to yourself yep. or to a company. Like, it's just not 
where you as a programmer are providing value. Absolutely. Because like the other side of the extreme, people who don't care about formatting would argue, well, what's it matter? The compiler doesn't care, like, so why should I? And again, I think we've addressed that with readability, but at the same time, you know, we can make things a bit too readable. I mean, it's just like if you format a book, like, you know, the first letter of a paragraph being, you know, super big in the opening chapter, like, sure, it's a nice little touch, but like, it's not going to make, at that point, it's not going to make the book any more or less readable. It's, again, it starts to become this stylistic attribute that, you know, if you can consistently apply it and maybe you and everyone on your team agrees on it, then fine. But more than likely, it kind of doesn't, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, the the consistency is definitely the important thing. And yeah, with those drop caps in, in, uh, in chapters, you wouldn't notice if it was there or wasn't there, but you probably would notice if one chapter had it, the next one didn't, the next three had it, the one after didn't. And anything that kind of makes you aware of something that's not the actual, you know, business logic that you're writing and that distracts you from that is is not worth your time. I mean, all that is to say is that, that formatting formatting is important, but it's not something to to stress about and to spend time on. Exactly. Is that what those are called? Drop caps? I think so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with I it. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure That's it's a drop okay. cap. I was like trying to explain it for several sentences there, and it's just called drop caps. So learn something. It's awesome. Yep. Yep. Don't, don't, uh, don't quote me on that, though, because, you know, I often just say things. <laughs> Fair enough. Sounded good. But, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think that formatting, you know, matters to the point of readability. And beyond that starts to become this kind of stylistic area that – I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't put any focus in that area, but it's just not where your like immediate value is going to shine through. And if you do start to stray into that area, you, you want to make sure to be consistent. I mean, if you look at, at, at code bases of, of people that really care, you can see that they've taken care, they've, they're crafting their code, and there's a lot of thought that goes into it. But I don't think you know the, yeah it's it's worth it's it's kind of something that you just you need to do you you make it a habit and then you do it unconsciously and then when you look at your code it's all the same if you've got if you've got a standard everyone on the team's code looks the same you don't you know run into it and it's like oh such and such has done this here because they always like to do you know this style of of thing i think that's an important point though with the team I think that's when coding standards start to become a little more difficult to choose. Obviously, as you start to introduce more developers kind of into that decision-making process. Like I remember when I was leading a team and, you know, we wrote a bunch of PHP and then of course, you know, HTML, CSS, JavaScript. So we wanted a, a standard. And of course, at first we tried to find like a universal standard for all of them. And, you know, slowly we started to realize, okay, well, you know, PHP is going to be PSR2, and, you know, for JavaScript, we're going to use just kind of whatever ESLint gave us, and then we're going to use, um, I think at the time, we used, like, Google's standards for HTML and JavaScript or something like that. Or, sorry, HTML and CSS. But what was funny is, of course, that over time, people still kind of left their, even though it, it applied the standard, people still kind of left their little touches with, like, extra line breaks or, like, found those gray areas where things 
didn't maybe line up the way you would have assumed they did with the standard? Because, of course, again, it was one of those gray areas. So there were a lot of discussions, and we got to this point even where we made, like, customizations, because I think it's very important to automate this. Like, again, if you're spending your time, like, hitting the space bar to line up all of these assignment statements in a file, like, that is not... That is not a good use of your time. Like, that's a waste of life, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty clear where I stand on that. Um, but, you know, if you can automate that, then fine. I'm not going to argue with you if, if it can be automated. But if you're doing it manually, as the people on this team were, and, and as I was sometimes, it, it really is just, it's kind of a joke. I mean, to this day, if I stumble upon some code that's not formatted, I, well, not formatted well, I should say. I feel like I can't read it, and it comes back to that visual visual honesty and visual dishonesty thing. I'll I'll pick up a code snippet, or I'll I'll pull in some some library that I need to use the code from, and yeah, if the standard is just so different or so inconsistent, I feel I feel lost. So the first thing I will often do is go through and and format it, and it is I mean, automating that is definitely the way to go. Um. There have been times where I've actually felt value in going through line by line and formatting it myself because as I format it, I then gain an understanding of the of the code. It's like a way of of uh, of exploring the code and then leaving it better as well. Um, well, are you really focusing strictly on formatting it, or are you kind of scanning the code? No, I'm I'm reading it and just. Tidying it and as then I go. as you're going, you're tidying up. Yeah, I would consider that boy scouting. Like I, I don't think to be fair, I don't think that's that's entirely like you were you went through the file with the intention of formatting it. It was kind of like this unconscious thing that you that you did kind of along the way. Yeah, and that's not to say that if if some code was in a different standard than I'm used to, that I would then have to change it to the standard that I'm used to because any good standard is is very readable. It's very honest. Um, so it's more when the person has made up their own standard that really only makes sense in their own mind. Um, but the worst ones are when there's mixed indentation. And, when there's no you standard, know, yeah. Yeah, when there's no standard and, and there's just heaps of inconsistency. Inconsistency is always is always the worst thing. And that's that really is, is exactly it. That's when it goes back to kind of being, you know, Again, what, what Kevlin Henney says is visually dishonest. Like when it when you're looking at a code block and it's just not clicking in your head that this thing, this block of code that I'm looking at, it's a for loop, but it just doesn't like it's not clicking to me that it's a for loop for some reason. And it, you know, all it takes is just a little indentation, a couple line breaks, and like boom, there it is again, you know. I, I see the for loop now. That's really what he's getting at with that whole visually honest versus visually dishonest. Like when you look at code and it's just kind of having a hard time reading it, it's just not approachable. There's there's something actually really cool in in base code that hopefully we can explain in that in audio. But you've taken some code and you've replaced all the code with just X's. Yeah, that's Kevlin Henney's visual representation. To try and explain that is if if you take just take a simple a simple code statement. Um, and if statement a for loop a switch and replace every single non white space character with x's you can still you can tell what it is you the 
the shape of the code provides the context so that you don't have to then necessarily read the word switch or if or for you just see it at a glance and then you jump straight to the body because you already know where you are yeah as developers we get caught up in syntax or or syntax highlighting you know in our our powerful editors these days but like yes there is value in like this inherent structure of the code and that that's what he does to kind of represent to kind of take away the syntax but still represent you know, these characters on the screen, so to speak. But yeah, just with simple indentation and simple line breaks, that formatting alone, you'd be surprised how many things you can identify just by that structure without seeing syntax, without even knowing the underlying language. Like you could probably guess this is a method block. This is an if else block. This is a switch case, you know, block. They have very specific structures. There's another technique I've uh I've, I've heard about over the years and it's called the squint test and the idea is that if you look at your code and you squint your eyes so it becomes blurry you get the same the same kind of effect and you instantly see quite obviously where you get that visual honesty for starters where you can kind of you, you know whether your code is visually honest does this actually look like what it's supposed to be um but when you see the, the, the changes in shape where you'll see, you know, the code nesting in further and further and further, that kind of instantly stands out as you've maybe got, you know, you, you've got too much nested code there. While if you've got all sorts of different colors, then you may not have the same, the, the right level of abstraction. Do you know what I'm sort of getting at there? Um, kind of. When you first said squint test, I was thinking, oh, if you have to like squint at your screen when you're looking at code, like that's the test. <laughs> but it sounds like it's much more intricate than that. Yeah. And I think um, even like the, the minimap in things like Sublime, I think can help um, to some extent. Yeah, no, that's cool. Like as you squint at it, you kind of start to realize things in your code, like even smells almost, or things we might even talk about in future episodes. So that's, that's cool. I guess just to start wrapping up, for me, and, and obviously what I kind of say in base code is, is really, formatting should just be three steps. Um, it should be, you know, choosing a standard, it should be automating that standard, and then forgetting about it. <laughs> you just go spend your time on more important things and the rest of the nine other practices that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I think um, it's actually something where even you know, after 15 years or so of programming, I still need to keep that in mind though. As a, as a PHP developer that also does JavaScript, my PHP standard is down, it's PSR2, it's easy. For JavaScript, for the longest time, it didn't seem like there was a standard. So for quite a while, I actually used, and I still do use basically PSR2 for JavaScript. Well, PSR2, like for PHP, is not out of nowhere. I mean, every every coding standard has influences from other things. And and again, at the end of the day, if you're using tabs or spaces, you know, I don't care about that stuff. Like, it just matters that it has a certain indentation level. That's what I care about, right? And, yeah. and even, you know, going back to the whole visual honesty, like it, it just kind of doesn't matter what character is used to indent. The indent is what matters in my mind. So again, just kind of choose it you know, automate it so you don't even have to think about it. You don't even have to kind of allow your mind to get in those tough 
areas because again we're programmers and 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 in a way we are a little bit perfectionist we care about those finer details and that's a good thing but it kind of starts to work against us i think in formatting and so you know in my editor it's it's command option l and that formats whatever file i'm in to whatever the standard is set up in my preferences that's as far as i go i might throw a line break or two here or there but like or i might decide to break some call on multi-lines you know again some things that are gray areas but that just kind of goes to the squint test or the visual honesty to guide me in those cases um, and they're so rare that I just don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about it again I just I just automate that format and I, for, I do I just forget about it yep absolutely cool well let's uh let's maybe start wrapping it up yeah I think uh, I think we covered kind of everything that yeah that I was interested to talk about there um I think again it's it's one of those things where you are not your code, you know, it's not your masterpiece to create your own standard and anything like that. There's uh there's better areas to spend your time on. Yeah, more power to the people that do actually write the standards to be, you know, just to give them a little recognition. Like it's not an easy thing to do, but but all the more reason to just kind of stand on their shoulders, you know, uh, allow that person to put all of that time and scrutiny into it, you know, allow them to be the proofreader. And and uh, now we can just kind of, again, leverage their hard work and, and apply it and, and move forward. Yeah, let them stress those details so we don't have to. Exactly. So, all right. So, uh, yeah. So what are, we, what are we talking about next? So next time it'll be... Um, We've got dead code coming up. Nice. Cool. I think that wraps this one up. And um, yeah, that's it. All right. Take it easy. Have a good week. All right. See ya. See ya. Show notes for this episode can be found at looselycouppledpodcast.com slash one.